Welcome to another episode of the brand called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm privileged to have a very, very senior HR leader, and I do believe that he's probably the most followed HR leader on LinkedIn, uh, Mr. Prabir Jha. Prabir, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ashutosh. A pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Prabir is the founder and CEO of the Prabir Jha People Advisory. Um, he was just mentioning to me that he, from Stephens, he went to the civil services uh, and he was with the Indian Ordnance Factories. And he's worked with several companies, Thermax, Tech Mahindra, Dr. Reddy's, Tara Motors, Reliance, and Sipla. So Prabir, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your career or your life? So Ashutosh, should I look back, you know, for someone who's kind of lived a life which was absolutely unimagined mm-hmm. when, I, when I look back to school. Yeah. But three key milestones. One mm-hmm. is, I think, after school in Patna to come to St. Stephen's, Delhi. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think the exposure, the outlook, the kind of people you had around you, mm-hmm. uh, and you name, you name it, people, you know, who were... Miss India's people who were big sports people, Mm. people uh, who finally went on to uh, uh, big academic jobs. And of course, a huge number of people who, uh, you know, the alumni included, but many aspiring to be civil servants. And that's Mm. really what I wanted to do. So, Mm. so Stevens gave that exposure, perspective, self-confidence and outlook. Mm. And uh, otherwise, I was relatively a small uh, 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 town boy till that time. Okay. So going, going to St. Stephen's was uh, definitely something which uh, was uh, uh, in some ways life-changing. And five mm. years in college, mm. it almost changed me. And uh, then if I have to pick, uh, the next big thing was getting into the civil service. Mm. So I was writing my master's finals when the UPSC results were out. So it was like a PPO from the present of India. You know, okay. uh, you move out of college and you became a sahab uh, mm. overnight. And that's a big transformation Correct. from a chokra boy who's kind of latching on to a DTC bus to suddenly someone saluting you as you land at the airport was a very big change. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that was almost a dream come true. And Mm -hmm. uh, I had a lot of opportunity of working with the Ministry of Defense, Mm -hmm. Indian Ordnance Factories and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so that was a very different experience. And that's where my tryst with HR in some ways started. So, so I think today what I am, when I look back, Mm -hmm. maybe this was destined. And the third uh, big a uh, milestone, I think, would be getting out of the civil service. Okay. So, you know, ironically. so yeah, Not many years, people leave. They don't. And I was among the earlier people who mm. actually quit. Okay. You know, many people today quit, but they actually take voluntary retirement after mm. 20 years. A pension yeah. is guaranteed. Mm. I quit. I left all my pension and gratuity claims. Mm. Mm. So in 10 years, I left the government and uh, I came to the big, bad corporate world that, you know, in yeah. many ways, much better than me. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming from a family which uh, knew only the civil service, it was almost blasphemous. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came out for a salary of four lakhs when I look back. And uh, my dad was shocked mm-hmm. that you don't leave the civil service for a paltry salary. Of course, it was 99, but yeah. still, you know, four lakhs. But uh, it's been a dream uh, a career. And uh, so I have no complaints. So these three things, getting to Wonderful. Stevens, getting into the civil service, getting out of the civil service. Terrific. So, uh, Prabir, let's talk about your people advisory, about the Prabir Jha people advisory. That's right. Tell me about the scope of work you do. 
So, you know, uh, I'm still a sole uh, a proprietor, the sole uh, mind with the mm -hmm. firm. I've not added people. Mm -hmm. It's still an experiment, uh, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And uh, essentially, uh, the focus of Pragnusha People Advisory was how do I offer many, many more organizations mm -hmm. who cannot necessarily have a Prabhuja or such mm -hmm. kind of people, mm -hmm. uh, but we are able to access that experience, that uh, perspective, that wisdom, and therefore in the process help many more companies and organizations and individuals get better. Mm -hmm. So I offer basically a couple of areas of work. One is I offer strategic advisory. Mm -hmm. I help organizations of different scale and size of stepping back and redraw their own aspirations and mm -hmm. therefore look at the interface of uh, strategy with the organizational readiness, preparation, tweak, exchanges, which is the entire thing, all the way from the board to your talent systems, to your culture, right. to your different HR practices. So that's the one big piece of strategic advisory. But mm. I use the word advisory and not consulting because I don't do PPTs, Excel sheets and the routine. Mm. It's the idea is more first to Thinking. step back and get them to think through. Right? And that is, so that's the one thing I do. The second thing I do is very much like, uh, you know, the passion you're also nursing beyond the uh, podcast that you do mm -hmm. is executive coaching. Okay. So I, I do coach uh, uh, CXOs uh, mm -hmm. of organizations and uh, it's something that I've kind of done naturally over so many years. So mm -hmm. that's an offering that I do. Third, which I've not really uh, plan to do but uh, it came very naturally when some people started reaching out to help with uh, helping uh, find and evaluate and recommend talent mm -hmm. you know for uh, either the corporate functions or the C-suite mm -hmm. so I do uh, a bit of that and fourth of course I have uh, some clients who uh, want me to do almost monthly uh, you know talk sessions with their uh, hypos or the talents and you know and stuff like that so it's a way of kind of helping coach and develop the hypo. So those are the kind of things that I, I do. Okay. Yeah. I think it's on a lighter note, but in the old days, we used to have a personnel manager and an industrial relations manager. Correct. And, you know, all that seems to have now got merged into human resources. Mm -hmm. Over the last 20 odd years that you have been associated with this, uh, this specialization, how have you seen HR uh, evolve? So Ashutosh, you know, in all honesty, uh, in intent, it has evolved. Okay. In in practice, and now that I advise clients mm -hmm. and see it a little from the ringside, mm -hmm. I think uh, we are still a halfway house mm -hmm. uh, where we are wanting to get to the new world, but, uh, you know, we are uh, still in the old world. Mm -hmm. And uh, and of course, there are different shades of companies yeah. and leaders. So. So, but at a very gestalt level, what has changed uh, is HR has definitely moved to being a strategic uh, partner. Right. And uh, so it's very difficult to explain even to my dad mm. what I do, because for him, it is still classical personnel. Correct. But uh, today for me, HR and the way I have at least lived my life is I have mm. felt I have been more the chief organization officer than a chief HR officer. Okay. Because there is no dimension of an organization Correct. That HR cannot, doesn't, or will not, uh, if it wants, be able to impact. Mm. For me, my thesis is anything which can accentuate value mm. or can prevent value erosion is within the purview of HR. Mm. Whether, therefore, it is all the way from the way the boards are constituted. Mm. Now, someone might argue, is that really a formal HR job? I don't know. But for mm. me, 
i have been actively engaged right. and continue in my current role also mm-hmm. to help think about board composition the kinds mm-hmm. of board uh what kind of an organization architecture design would be relevant as the mm-hmm. dreams of the organization or mm-hmm. as the context of operations change mm-hmm. uh of course talent which i have always believed is uh continually redefined definition mm-hmm. you know you cannot uh, say talent is this for 30 years anymore so how do you right. redefine how do you anticipate how do you mm-hmm. uh, you know coaching Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire gamut of uh, skilling both behaviorally mm-hmm. and in terms of the newer functional areas mm-hmm. culture for me uh, i i do a lot of work in this area of culture reengineering mm-hmm. because people think culture is very soft and nice moral science words but Correct. culture is hardcore business accretion Absolutely. right dimensions of culture and even boards don't fully understand it it's Correct. hardly an agenda item so how do you Correct. get them to understand that and uh, even look at enterprise risk mm. from uh, what i call a people uh, capability perspective mm-hmm. right uh, what could derail uh, the the organization which may have mm. run uh, a long time so very clearly the uh, evolution is to move away from industrial canteens and managing unions i'm not saying that's not mm. still within the larger purview but it can be delegated to people at a certain stage uh, in their lives and, and expertise but i think the new age hr is really about reimagination mm. and uh, redrawing the organization both the hard and the soft dimensions to be uh, 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 fit for purpose Very given the aspirations so you know prabir you spoke about culture yeah you know i you know large multinationals large organizations have a culture that's evolved over years a very large number of people who will listen to you and me speak are startup entrepreneurs or are wanting to be entrepreneurs so my question to you on culture is how does a startup build culture it's a great question ashutosh let me uh, respond by sharing uh, an experience i had with possibly uh, two people who built one of the most exciting entrepreneurial mm-hmm. uh, success stories in india many years ago i had the opportunity of chatting with them and i told mm. both of them separately mm. that you know if there is one thing that you must focus on mm. and most entrepreneurs don't think about correct it, please focus on your culture mm. for example do you want to be the united states uh, of culture mm. which means you are wanting to kind of attract talent from all kinds of backgrounds and become the melting pot right what kind of culture will that demand and mm. become Mm. or are you going to be prescriptive mm. and say this is the culture and hire for what i hate mm. culture fit mm. i don't agree at all strategically Correct. with that culture fit yes so for a startup and i i enjoyed that conversation i said you know you can replace technology you can even change business models you can change many things mm. culture is very difficult to change mm. so when you are a startup you must definitely telescope yourself beyond the point of survival mm. to a point where you will be sustainable mm. you know you have to take both lens mm. and very clearly you must say therefore if this is the market i want to play if this is the stakeholder community i need mm. to uh, uh, tango with what kind of a culture correct would be the right choice for me and i mm. never for one say this is good culture and this is bad culture mm. the issue is is it a strategically aligned culture correct and and uh, and i enjoy these conversations with uh, you know boards and and entrepreneurs because you know you need to chisel away mm. and sometimes there are choices to make correct because once you've decided so it's good to say i want to be an entrepreneurial culture what does it mean mm. it does not mean you'll be stupid 
Hmm. It's not that you will be throwing, uh, you know, good money behind bad money. Correct. But the question is, are you going to celebrate failures? Hmm. Right. And if you celebrate failures, what will be metaphors of that celebration? Correct. Right. So the question is, and you can't write twenty items and say this is my culture. Hmm. You need to pick three or four things Correct. because this is defining, hmm. and it's possible even for uh, uh, startups. You hmm. might say this is non-negotiable. Hmm. but i will allow subcultures mm. to get spawned or to get created because uh, i should just look at it this way each one of us as a leader also bring our our flavor Correct. to the cultural reality and our, and of our biases and our biases right so i personally believe that subcultures are good to have mm. as long as subcultures do not totally subvert the larger culture mm. but the most important thing particularly for entrepreneurs is please do not hire people please do not build a culture which will just sustain the way you think and Definitely. this is the biggest trap for entrepreneurs because they believe i am the entrepreneur i know exactly what i want to do and i want everyone like me mm. i believe that there must be a lot more of pluralism in mm. cultures that you know the founding team or the people that they get in because that is what will keep your entrepreneurial uh, 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 experiment uh, always alive uh, tested contested but in that process you will continue Fabulous. to succeed what a, what an amazing answer so you know now let's move on a little bit you worked with so many different ceos so many organizations startups as you look at them and you you also said that your the hr managers role is is a much bigger role what are some of the key values that you believe in and uh, the follow up to that is what do you think are some of the important qualities a ceo should have so let me uh, try and recall some values which uh, i have held dear mm-hmm. you know and maybe some of them will also overlap with a ceo uh, okay. but so the first very clearly ashutosh to me is integrity mm-hmm. and people often think integrity is about financial integrity mm-hmm. you know that's model science yes yeah for me integrity is congruence of thinking doing and acting mm-hmm. or behaving mm-hmm. right it's that entire congruence and uh, i have felt that at the end of the day stand up for what you think you mm-hmm. believe mm-hmm. say what you believe without fear of favor which unfortunately i cannot say for many people in the mm-hmm. corporate world mm-hmm. maybe they are being more practical but i have felt and it's worked for me uh, speak your mind you know you're there not to say yes sir yes sir three mm-hmm. packs four mm-hmm. and finally act and execute if you make a promise deliver the promise so don't make the promise so integrity is to be is very very central it's mm-hmm. really your reputation mm-hmm. the second that i think which is very important is trust mm-hmm. you know for me uh, i have never been a micromanager mm-hmm. i also uh, don't necessarily believe i am the best at everything i do mm-hmm. i can't and i would like to believe most of us are not the best at everything Correct. that we are so formally tasked to do. Correct. In my life whether it is been at home uh, or with people at home or it's been with uh, my uh, colleagues mm. at the workplace trust has been a very pervasive belief. Mm. You know uh, of course trust is earned I realize that mm. but I think if I trust I trust. Mm. You know I don't second guess I don't uh, and it's vice versa i need my sense of space mm. right so i have struggled with people uh, who have wanted 
me to report to them on every little sneeze in the mm-hmm. company because i i honestly think that's not that guy's job and so trust for me is very important give right. trust and receive trust the third third that i have felt very very strongly about is vulnerability mm-hmm. you know uh, god has been very kind to me and uh, i would like to believe i was not an idiot mm-hmm. but uh, i also believe uh, i'm very comfortable being vulnerable mm-hmm. Mm. and i like people who are vulnerable so uh, because only when you're vulnerable are you willing to learn and mm. learn from anyone irrespective of rank hierarchy and context mm. i learned from my driver i learned from the sabzi wala from whom i buy my sabzi i posted on linkedin a, a post on this because i mean the way some of these guys can do some things i can't mm. uh, humility will flow only when you're being vulnerable mm. uh, your sense of egalitarianism will flow only when you're vulnerable so for mm. me vulnerability and it takes so much pressure away when you don't have to wear a mask mm. so these are things and maybe if i have to add two more which comes to mind one is courage at the end of the day uh, you know when i was in the government uh, a lot of my unions and teams would always say apna jaza bahut dabang hai Mm. you know yes to yes no to no mm. but i have felt uh, in a lot of my cxo life uh, and a lot of strategic transformation i led you need to stick your neck out you need to uh, take your bets and i have felt that leaders must demonstrate courage mm. they may fail they may not always be right but they mm. must and finally gratitude mm. ultimately you have to be grateful for so <clears throat> many things that you unfairly received mm. people were nice to you i always feel that i got far more love than i deserve mm. you know people who took bets on me people who condoned my mistakes mm. people who looked the other way and i think gratitude is a very very redeeming so these four or five things to me have been very strong mm. uh, uh, values very nice so i'm now going to move to the next you know yeah. topic of our discussion which is as an as such a well known established gender uh, hr leader i'm sure you've addressed issues of gender diversity and you also work on getting boards uh, you know right. diverse and balanced and so on tell me is gender diversity in india um more a lip service and second what can we do to genuinely bring diversity ashutosh you've touched a very raw nerve this can get <laughs> me get me onto a long one Uh, you know i've always said that you know my mother worked uh, my wife works my daughter works mm. i think i have uh, had the opportunity particularly because for many years i've lived with hr and communications mm. functions which have had a lot of women mm. and some outstanding women correct but i somewhere feel that uh, this issue of diversity has has become so uh, check the box kind of exercise mm. and sometimes uh, more evocative than it it's needed to have become mm. right and therefore uh, i i've written a lot on this subject i've gone and spoken but unfortunately i think i am a little bit more of an exception to the way i think mm. i don't think the issue is one of diversity and particularly gender diversity mm. and this is because people just misunderstand mm. i think the problem the more you look at it only from a gender perspective mm. you take only one slice of a demographic okay. uh, mix right for me my thesis has been about pluralism mm. my thesis has been about meritocracy okay if we can ensure and we can cross our hearts and say we will be meritocratic mm. or we will be pluralistic mm. by default even the gender representation will 
get taken care of because mm. the biases will be removed. Mm. But the minute you start talking about gender and therefore I need one person like my wife sits mm. on, on mm. one of the boards mm. of a listed company and uh, you know uh, someone who had reached out once uh, earlier said, oh, we are looking for a woman uh, uh, director. Mm. I said, just reject it. Mm. You are there not because you are a woman. You right. are there because you are goddamn competent. Yes. Right? And unfortunately, even some women don't uh, uh, play this cause right in this ultra feminism of yeah. saying, oh, this photograph of 10 CEOs, not one woman was there. Yeah. Why? Why can't there be three? Why yeah. can't it be all women? Correct. So for me, gender is not uh, to me the dis- uh, defining focus. And mm. even if I look strategically, it could be all women, it could be all any demographic slice. Mm. Is that the best that this organization needs? Mm. I mean, uh, I've been in organizations where 50% of my management team we built was women. Mm. 50% of the board was women, mm. right? The question was, it was not because we were in a quota system, mm. because they happened to be women, but Correct. they were the best in their line. Yeah. And I think if in that process... It's like saying, oh, I need someone from East India and someone who is, uh, you know, from this community. Mm. To me, all this is tokenism. And I think somewhere we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. So stand for pluralism, stand for meritocracy. Mm. You will automatically address your issue of gender. But don't Mm. do it the other way around, running leadership programs only for women. Mm. I mean, do you realize, you know, unconsciously how you create, you know, they versus right. us. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't work, you know, have more people uh, mm. be part of a leadership program who are women. Mm. But don't do things like that because, uh, you know, fighter pilots are women. Don't make it a big thing that, oh, because she's a woman, you're doing a, mm. you know, an extra favor. Right. right? right. So that's, that's the perspective. Well I have very, very well said, well articulated. Thank you. So now I'm going to move to the last section of our conversation, Prabhu, which is some questions yeah. for you personally. I think we've yeah. got time for two, maybe three questions. Okay. As you look back from where you are today, having done so much and achieved so much, what does success mean to Prabir as you stand today? So for me, success is having helped companies, organizations and people Mm. get to be more successful. Okay. You know, the sense of having enabled individual Mm. success and and corporate Mm. uh, success through Mm. transformation, because that's what I've done all my life. Mm. It Mm. has been... Uh, really uh, something I have felt uh, very good about and it makes me feel I've succeeded. Hmm. So success of others is my success. Well said. My next question to you is on failure. Yeah. You know, uh, and I've often said this, I've spoken about it, that parents in India or Asia don't teach children it's okay to fail. Everyone's all first on head of the line, etc. And I believe that manifests itself in our behavior patterns as we get older. You come to Delhi, you have nine cars all trying to get off <laughs> from the traffic light first. Right? And so on and so forth. We fail. Right. My question to you, Prabir, is what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes? You know, so I have had my share of appointments and disappointments. Sure. I've had my share of failures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, whenever I've had a setback or I've lived, it's not that I've not had a sense of remorse, mm-hmm. uh, hurt, Sometimes it's hurt. You know, mm-hmm. you just feel that it was unfair. It was, you know, mm-hmm. then you remind yourself many a times you got also the better part of life because that was equally unfair maybe. But the lesson that I have lived with is nothing is the end of the road. Mm-hmm. There is no cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. The important thing is pause, reflect, learn, pick yourself up and start walking again. 
Amazing. Yeah. And and it has always uh, you know worked with me. And uh, I mean, some moments have been very tough personally mm-hmm. because you know those were moments where you thought someone let you down, someone mm-hmm. uh, did not play fairly, mm-hmm. right? And therefore you failed or you did not win or whatever else. Mm-hmm. But the question is, you hit the guy for two days and then you realize, I mean, that is for the man upstairs to take care of. Yeah. Your job is to learn from the mistake. you know dust uh, uh, things off and start walking and uh, and you realize actually you're walking as well if not better mm, very nice and my last question to you and this is specifically for the thousands of young people who will be listening to us what would your advice be to a young individual who's starting off on their journey uh, in the corporate world so ashutosh for me uh, i've always told youngsters mm. on fireside chats and i'll re- repeat it today Mm. learn to live a life of convictions okay. not consequences very nice you know so so many people you know are, do not realize mm. uh, you know the possibilities that they were born for mm-hmm. just because they played safe mm. just because they studied what the peers studied just because yeah. they got into jobs which gave them a dollar more mm. right just because they did not follow their heart right and uh, i feel you have to lead a life of convictions mm. believe in what you want to believe believe mm. in the power of your dreams you may not realize everything tomorrow but it is better to live a life which was you mm. than to lead a life for someone else who right. wanted you to be whatever okay. be hungry be hungry mm. you know not hungry just for success mm. but hungry to learn you know hungry to hungry to give away mm. you know hungry to show empathy mm. hungry to uh, to learn and as we just talked a little while back where your successes and failures likely mm. you know many a time we get bogged down i see a lot uh, you know of comments when i i i write my social media posts mm. and i can almost make out these are people in their 20s mm. i can almost make yep. out right and the sense i get is that how unfair is the world how unfair is my organization how unfair is the is my mm. manager mm. the sense of skepticism is so strong so early in life correct and my honest appeal is you are lucky to get a boss that who liked you who was yeah. fair to you you're lucky to work in an organization that you know but the worst thing you can do mm. is to push yourself harshly and mm-hmm. to be unfair to yourself because it then bogs you down mm. so i'm just saying spread your wings learn to flap learn to fly learn to get perched somewhere it's okay fly somewhere else So again therefore lead a life of convictions Fantastic. not consequences. Fantastic. And on that incredible note of convictions versus consequences Prabir thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you I'm sure thousands of people will really learn from this conversation. I have Thank you so much Ashutosh thank, thank you, you so much for having me on your show. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast. platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you